about believing in, in God. And, and, and so sometimes we get believing and, and faith mixed up. It's not enough to believe that God exists. But you also have to believe in God. You understand? It's more than just believing that God exists, right? Because let's let's all be honest. Hey, God is real. Yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe. But do you believe in him? Do you trust him? How's your trust with God? Do you trust God? That's our question for this morning. Do you trust God? If God asked you to do something, would you trust him so much to do it? Even if it doesn't make sense. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 before we begin, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and, and love you, Father. You're giving us the, the, armory, the armor to, to fight these battles. But Father God, so many times we leave the house without any protection. And so, Father, I pray that that we would learn to fully trust you. That we would leave here with our faith stronger than it has ever been. Father, we love you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 6 is our, our, our scripture for this series. And it's the armor of God. And this is what it says. This is what God's word says in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the enemy schemes, the devil schemes. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and and of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the attacks of the devil, the pen, the evil day, and having done all to stand. Okay, so. I want you to understand, church, no matter what you're going through, no matter what battle you are facing, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, you have to address the spiritual. You have to fight in a spiritual way. That's why Paul is telling us that we have to stand Firm and that we have to take the whole armor of God. And he says in verse 14, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, the belt of truth. You begin with truth. You have to know the truth. Why? Because the truth will set 
you free. And we've discussed what's the opposite of that. The lies will keep you in bondage. You have to know the truth. Having put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, it's a part of the armor that protects the heart. You have to know that because of what Christ has done, we have a right standing with God. Not because of what we have done or you have done or I have done. It's because of what Christ has done that we can have a right standing with God. And when we realize that, that we have a right standing with God, guess what? We want to be right. We want to make good choices based on truth. The belt that holds it together. And having... Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When we are in a right standing with God and we know the truth, we have this peace that surpasses all understanding. And we have it on our feet to, to walk the gospel of peace, to share that because at the end of these verses, that's exactly what Paul says, that I do all this so we can be ambassadors of Christ so that we can share the good news. So we share the gospel because we have a peace inside of us. And then verse 16, we come and Paul says, above all. He says, above all, in some in some translations, it says in Every situation. Paul says, above all, taking. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then praying always. Praying always, not sometimes, not just on Sundays, not just during mealtime, not just during before you go to bed. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with the perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth so that you can open your mouth, so that we can open our mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we're talking about a part of the armor where Paul tells us to take. We got to take the shield, the shield of faith. What does that mean? When Paul tells us that we have to take, that means we have to do something. That means I literally have to grab that shield. I literally have to grab it and take it. We can't just stand there. It says, oh, yeah, I got faith. It's right there. No, he's telling us that we have to take it. And I love how he uses the, the shield. 
back then in the Roman uh, ages, is the shield was usually around four feet tall and about two, two and a half feet wide. And it was a vital part of the Romans' gear because it protected them from the arrows, the fiery arrows. You see, uh, uh, and nowadays that police have riot shields and they're basically the same way, about four foot tall and about two feet wide. And they have a curved shape. And when they're out there and they're in a riot or, or whatever it may be that they're in, they, they are protected if they stay under the shield. And sometimes uh, as groups, maybe of 20 or 30, especially in the Roman days, when they were ready to attack, they knew that the people were going to come with fiery arrows. And they had a, a plan where they, would got, where they would get together and they would cover the whole uh, group with their shield. And it's just like one big force field. I have a video that I want to share uh, with you. And it may be a little bit, uh, little bit violent, so to speak, with shooting arrows. But I just want to give you that idea. We go ahead and play that right now. Pretty interesting. The fiery arrows and coming down and hitting the shields. And, and I wish I could say that everybody survived, but not everybody had their shield and not everybody was using their shield properly. This video, Hollywood scene, you know, it's pretty dramatic. But even this doesn't compare to the battle that is going on in the spiritual realm. Those arrows don't stop. They're continually being used. The enemy's continually shooting at us. 
And God has given us the tools and given us the armor to protect us. And this is what I like about this is, is that this is pretty neat that they shoot the first round with, with the fiery arrows where you can see it, right? They know it's coming, so they're prepared, right? They're prepared, and they see it coming, and, and so they're prepared for what's about to happen, and they know when it ends, right? But then what happens to the second round? He calls for night arrows, right? Night arrows. He says, I have a surprise for, for the French. And, and so he shoots those night arrows that are not on fire so you can't see them. And so when they hear it coming, they know something's coming, but they don't see it coming. And so they're not prepared for what's to come. And what happens? The ones that did have the shields, they were not prepared for what was to come because they couldn't see what is coming. You understand what I'm saying, church? There's going to be some attacks that you're going to be able to see and you know right away that's from the, that's from the enemy. But there's going to be some night arrows that are going to come in and those are going to get you when you are not prepared, when you, have your shield, when you have your shield down and you think everything is fine and dandy. And then you get hit. You get hit. See, what happens, church, is that when we are in darkness, we get more blinded to those attacks because we're so caught up in our sin. We're so caught up in whatever it is that the enemy has a stronghold against us that we are so blind that we cannot see because we are so much in the dark. have to be prepared. What is faith? The shield of faith. Paul tells us that we have to take the shield of faith. I believe that there's times that we have to be in defense mode, and we're going to see later on in this series that there's going to be times that we have to attack. There's going to be times that we, we're going to have to move and we have to attack. But for this moment, we're talking about, for this part, we're going to talk about defense. He says, take. Take the shield of faith. See, I like to, I heard it put this way as a baseball player. He has his uniform. Right? To play baseball. They have their cleats. They have their pants. They have their hat. But they don't always have their glove. They don't always have a bat. But when it's necessary, when it's time, they take that bat. They take that glove. And that's what Paul was telling us. That we have to take that shield. There's times that we're going to have to have it right here and be fully covered in it. And there's times that we're going to have to use it when we are attacking. He says it's the shield of faith. Let's focus on what is faith. What is faith to you? Hebrews chapter 11 actually gives us what faith is. And I think I have it up there on the board. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, to to exercise faith is to have confidence about an expectation without that visible proof, proof that it will happen. It's to exercise faith is to have confidence. Confidence about an expectation without visible proof that it will happen. What makes this confidence possible? How can we have that confidence knowing that the hope that I have in Jesus Christ, because I am confident in his word, I'm confident in God's promise and what his word says. How? How can we make this confidence possible? It goes back to God's trustworthiness. Can you trust God? Have you trust God? Have you seen God work in your life where he got you out of the out of the deepest, darkest valley of life and brought you up to the mountaintop? And you know that it was only by God that I got out of that situation. Yes. Amen. Think back in your life when God got you out of that. And it was only by God. Only. By God. So is God trustworthy? Can we trust him? Can you trust him? Can I trust him? I believe it was Tony Evans that said that faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is like, act, like acting like God is telling the truth. And let me tell you something. If you, want, if you want to increase in your faith, grow in your understanding of God. It's more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning. You have to be in his word. You have to dive into that truth. And when he begins to start, when he begins to reveal things to you and you start seeing how much love he has for you and how much grace he has towards you and mercy that he gives us. And you start realizing that I don't deserve any of that stuff. I don't deserve that kind of love. I don't deserve that kind of grace or that mercy. But he continues. Why? Because of what he, he why am I loved? You know, that's a really good question. Why, why does God love us? Like, seriously, think about it. Why does he love you? Is it because he needs our love? No. He don't need our love. He created us. We are his creation. We are his masterpiece. Right. When you have a masterpiece, don't you take pride in that? Don't you cherish that object or whatever it is that you have in your life? I think of that way with my kids, even though a lot of times I don't show it because the flesh a lot of times comes out. But I am so proud of my kids. And I feel like I, well, with Becky's help, created them. We created them. 
But you know, one thing is for sure that it doesn't matter what they do or what they say. Nothing will ever separate that love that I have for my kids. And I know that you will say the same. That's exactly how God is with us. It's not because he needs our love or he was in heaven alone. And he's like, I need some companionship. I need some friends. I need people who love me. No, he created us for a purpose. He created us to be his children. He created us to experience him through a relationship. Whoo, I'm so excited about God and I really. I want you to be excited about him. Because he loves you just as much. He loves every single one. I'm going away from my nose, but I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. He loves you. Do you understand? You know, I love my wife. I do it, and I don't do it perfect, but I do. And I love my kids. I don't do it perfect, but I do love them. And I do See that the times that we have with each other is important. I do. But I do fail. But I love God more. And sometimes we ask that question. We've talked about this 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 morning. Is that if I love God so much and I understand what he has done and what he sacrificed, why is it so hard for me to really have a relationship with him. It's tough. It's tough. And I think it begins with faith. When we experience that faith and we have that faith and and our faith grows because we continuously see God working in our life, even, even when I don't deserve it, he is still faithful and he keeps his promises And that just keeps growing and keeps growing. And that's what I want us to see and to experience. Charles Spurgeon says, faith is the realization of what is hoped for, though the things are only hoped for and not seen at present, the eye of faith can see them. And the hand of faith can grasp them. Faith is more mighty than any of our senses or than all of our senses combined. The proof of things not seen, we do see by faith. We see by faith what cannot be seen by our eyes. We grasp by faith what cannot be grasped with our hands. A strange mystery is the simple act. Of faith. Oh, how is your faith this morning? See, the shield represents the only piece of God's armor where Scripture records its exact purpose. He tells us exactly what we need to do with this. And he's telling us it's to defend ourselves from the enemy scheme. 
But ironically, that shield, that shield of faith, that shield that we take up, it's also a target. Because when we take Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the enemy does not like that. We are, when we are washed with, by his blood and, and we are growing in our personal relationship with Christ, that target just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's more, even that much more important to be able to use that shield. And you know what? God gives us enough faith that it's going to cover our bodies to withstand So it really doesn't matter how big that target becomes. What matters is that you realize and you know that God has given us a tool, a shield that is enough coverage for us. Not only does it have a target, but it does protect us. Martin Luther explains the benefit of the shield of faith for the believer. And he says this, he says that this shield, as Paul himself points out, is faith which clings to the word of Christ. This is faith which clings to the word of Christ and takes hold of the Savior and answers the devil. Though I be a sinner and have an imperfect life, both in what I have committed and what I have omitted, yet... There is a perfectly holy one, clean and pure, who has given himself for me and has died for me. Wherever there is a defect in my work and life which exposes me to the assaults of the enemy, there my Christ will help me and my Christ will fight for me. That is so true. We are not in this alone. We are not in this battle, even though there could be times that you, me, us, we feel like we're so much alone on this world, and, but we're not. See, all the pieces of the armor of God are connected. They're all connected. And knowing that God is righteous will help us, will help you to trust him even more more because God always does the right thing and he always keeps his promises <laughs> several times in scripture God says that he is our shield in Genesis 15:1 he says do not be afraid Abraham I am your shield your reward will be very great. That's Genesis 15, chapter 1. I mean, 15, chapter 15, verse 1. God is telling Abraham, I am your shield. Not to worry. Even though I'm going to tell you to go to this land that, that you don't know about, and I'm asking you to pick up all your things and pick up your family and move, even though it doesn't make sense, I still want you to know that I am your shield. I am going to be with you. And if you just listen and if you just trust and if you just obey, your reward will be great. 
2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 3, he says, My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shoe and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. He is my refuge. He is my Savior from violent people who you have saved me. See, again, we can take refuge in Christ. In his word. The psalmist on Psalms 3, verse 3, it says, But you, Lord, are shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head up. Oh, my goodness. So many times we are walking around life with our heads down, feeling like we have been defeated. And God says, look. I am your rock. I am your shield. I'm the one that keeps your head up. If you just keep your focus on Christ, I will keep your head up. You can walk up with your, you can walk with your head up. And the confidence that God, confidence in your faith in what God is going to do. We may not see it all. We may not understand it all. But do you believe in all of God? Do you believe? Do you, do you trust him? That's why on my prayers, I thank him for the things. For uh, Thank you for who you are. I'm thankful for what you have done. I'm thankful for what you're going to do because I know he's going to continue to do great and mighty things in the church and in people's lives because we constantly see it. We see it every day. Man, we, I, you don't know how many times people have said to me, I just, I just want God to give me opportunities. Did you know that every second of our day is an opportunity? Every second of our day. God gives us opportunities to be the hands and feet of Christ. So God is also our shield. And Paul tells us to take up our shield of faith. When we know that the enemy is attacking and we see these attacks and and some of those attacks we don't see. But knowing that we have to be fully prepared and take that shield of faith. And it's faith that drives us through those situations. See, in our lives, we, in our daily lives, we do face many, many, many different types of attacks. We may doubt God's goodness. Man, is he really that good? Can he really love me because of the things that I've done? Does he re- am I really saved? Sometimes we have doubt of his sovereignty because of tragedies that we've gone through, like illnesses, death, maybe broken relationships. As we see now, we're seeing hundreds of innocent women and children dying because of the war. And some people may ask, is there really a God? 
We may be tempted to, to anger or be real defensive when people just don't understand us or when people don't agree with us. We may struggle to trust God with our very lives and with our children. That's something that God has, has really worked on my life when it comes to my children. God, can you really protect them? Can you really protect them? And he says, give them to me. Trust me. And God is saying the same thing to your life. Gosh, can I really do this? Do you really want me to take this journey? Do you really want me to make this decision? <laughs> and he's saying, trust me. Trust me. Because he's telling you the same thing that he tells Abraham. Your reward will be great. <laughs> Your reward will be great. We have to trust. See, trusting God means sometimes walking into the unknown. Trusting God, walking into the unknown, but having that confidence, that, that confidence that God is with you no matter what. Confident that God is going to take care of you no matter what. I'm going to close with this. There's a story of an apartment building, a multi-level apartment building on fire. Right in the middle of the apartment, it's all engulfed in flames. People who are above that, that level can't come down because of the fire. The firemen don't have a ladder long enough to reach the window where people are screaming for help. People... Next door are literally burning up, catching on fire. And the firemen are telling them, jump, jump, jump. We will catch you. We will catch you. It's either you die in the flames or you take this leap of faith hoping that those firemen are strong enough to catch you, hoping that that blanket that they have stretched out is, is not going to tear when you fall right through into the concrete. See, that faith begins right when you jump. Right when you jump. And there's so many of us, there are so many of us right now that are trapped in an apartment building on fire, and God is telling you to jump. I got you. I got you. He says, I got you. As Gary comes up, and you prepare your hearts to just what the Lord is saying to you, Maybe your, your first step is that, knowing that Jesus got you.
but you just haven't taken that first step. Man, I pray that today will be that day that you would take that leap of faith and allow Jesus to just come into your life and just walk with you. If that's you, take that opportunity now. Take that opportunity to just take that step. He's here. He's ready to receive you. And all you have to do is just step out and take that step. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.